Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. And we are very excited about today's episode. Well, I should say I'm very excited about today's episode. I think Steph is excited, though I don't want to speak for her. Steph, are you excited? Yeah, I am. I'm excited because you you interested me in something totally brand new and... um, I love it. I love it. So, so as everybody knows, the sports world has come to a bit of a halt, and I think that's putting it mildly. The NFL draft is behind us. Free agency is behind us. We did get some Korean baseball, which was very fun to watch, and there's been talk of a realignment of Major League Baseball, of basketball, moving to Florida to finish out the season. But in the interim, Steph and I are going to turn this podcast into... Do, 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 do. A little bit of a Friday Night Lights appreciation podcast. If you follow me on Instagram and if you follow Steph on Twitter, you know we are very into the show. And a big shout out to my good friend and colleague, Chris Biederman, for suggesting I take my love for the show and turn it into a productive, interesting podcast. So <laughs> that's kind of what we're doing here. We are pivoting a little bit and we are going to start talking about Friday Night Lights on a weekly basis. And when we can, we're going to try to weave in sports news of the day into our episode talk. So we're going to start with the pilot. Quick backstory here. I love the show. Love, 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 love the show. Uh, Clearly. Um, I had gotten Chris Biederman into watching it. He's already finished the series in quarantine. Steph, I asked last week if she'd be interested in doing this with the pod. She said, yes. You said you're already eight episodes in, Steph? Eight episodes. I couldn't. It's like a book you can't put down. You know, you just like I was like, okay, I'm I'm invested now. <laughs> it's it's just so so darn good. And you started it what Friday Saturday? Yeah, I guess it, I guess it was what, Friday night or Saturday morning. I'm losing track of my days right now, but yeah, there. <laughs> time and space. Time and space does all seem to be blending together here. Uh, but it is uh it it's such a good show. So for those of you who do not watch it, there are gonna be some spoilers. So we're gonna talk a lot about the pilot today. If you don't watch it and you don't want to know what happens yet, put us on pause and go watch the pilot and then come back to us. Uh, my only fear in telling you to do that is you're going to go watch the pilot. We may not see you again for a week because you're going to binge the entire series. Which is fine. Um, but we will start with the pilot. Steph, our our little story opens in a town in Texas, Dillon, Texas, where high school football reigns supreme. And we meet right off the bat Coach Eric Taylor, who I think is like the most perfect television character that ever lived. His star quarterback, Jason Street. With the season about to start, it is Coach Taylor's first year as head coach. Steph, what do you think of Coach Taylor? You know, it it was kind of you know interesting going in. It's like I, it, 
I think he sounds like he's just a really good guy and he's uh, trying to take a team and he has a lot of pressure on him. Um, That's my first impression. I mean, the town, it's like God and football. So it's like, he, it's, mm-hmm. it's literally, that's, that's their life. And so. And, and I'm not sure in that order, by the way. I don't <laughs> But it's like, so, and everybody has the opinions, you know, everybody's bringing all these things. There's also like talk radio going on about, you know, how, you know, if he's going to be able to handle it and it's, you know, the football team can do no wrong, but he can. So it's kind of interesting. I, um, I I like the little uh, part where his daughter was reading Moby Dick and she's, compared him to coach Ahab, you know, driven to capture mm-hmm. the uncapturable because that, yeah. like, that is so perfect. Cause you know, he's got a big task on his hands. That's for sure. He sure does. So you brought up his daughter, Julie Taylor. So coach Taylor has an incredible wife, Tammy Taylor and a daughter, Julie Taylor, uh, who we find out pretty early on a member of the team has a little bit of a crush on, uh, so, of course, that adds some drama and intrigue to this entire thing. So, Steph and I were talking right before this, uh, just for those of you who don't know, Friday Night Lights was a book based on a true story of a town in Texas. And then it was, of course, a movie starting, starring Billy Bob Thornton. And here's a fun fact, you guys, because you know how I love fun facts. <laughs> Connie Britton plays his wife. Connie Britton also plays Tammy Taylor in the television show of Friday Night Lights. In addition, there's one more fun fact. Uh, Brad Leland, who plays Buddy Garrity, who we'll get into in a little bit, who is the head of the Boosters, plays a very similar character in the movie Friday Night Lights. So right there are two fun facts. I'll try to come up with three more. But there are two fun facts for you between the movie and the series. So we meet Coach Taylor. We meet his wife. We meet his daughter. You have his quarterback, who I mentioned, Jason Street who at the beginning when they're at practice, it's media day because in Texas high school football, you guys, there's media day, which is incredible. And I'm sure many of you guys already know this. Um, As a girl who went to a small school in Los Angeles, our football team did not have media day. That was not not how our high school. It does now, but when I was growing up, we were really bad at football. (laughs) But you guys at your school has media day now? Yeah, they actually, three of them um, are, because we're, we were B-Ball, and so um, they got drafted to, uh, or not, not drafted, recruited to Oregon, Stanford, and um, I forgot the other last, oh, Washington State University, but yeah, they're all on my high school, they're all kids, they're little kids, and they're, they're, one's a quarterback, and um, yeah, he was, he's, you know, five-star recruit crazy how it's changed. Wow. That's amazing. And you bring up another good point. They're kids. And that's something when I'm watching this show, there's Mm -hmm. also so much pressure on these kids that are 15, 16, 17 years old, which is, we forget. And I always feel like that in college that we forget that when something happens in a college football game, basketball game, baseball game, you're dealing with kids here and you, it's hard on them mentally, physically, emotionally, everything uh, and so when you go into high school, I mean, it's, you know, even, even bigger. So we meet Jason street. We'll talk a little bit about him. He is supposed to be like basically the second coming of Joe Montana and Tom Brady. I would say he's supposed to be like the next amazing quarterback, his whole life planned out 
before him. His girlfriend is a cheerleader by the name of Lila Garrity. Uh, Lila is super smart, super pretty, super sweet. And her whole life also is dependent upon Jason Street's future. They have plans. Her father is the aforementioned Buddy Garrity, who is the head of the boosters and owns the car dealership in town, Garrity Motors. And this man loves himself some Dylan Panthers football. He lives and breathes it. 100%. It's kind of interesting how like intertwined it is. Um, you know, he's Buddy Gary, Garrity is just one of the big players here, you know, right away, you know, having so much almost power um, on who to pick up, who to not pick up, all these things. So, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. And he's also, you know, the star, he, his daughter's a star quarterback's girlfriend. So. <laughs> there's all, there's all kinds of things wrapped up into that. Uh, we meet also on media day, the star superstar running back, Brian Smash Williams, who ends up being such a great character. Uh, Steph, I'm sure you've already seen in your eight episodes. Those of you who's watched have known his mom is also one of my favorite people to ever have been on television. I absolutely love her. Uh, but he has tremendous talent, and he will be the first to tell you how tremendous his <laughs> talent is. But it's part of his charm. There's something about Smash that it's like when someone else it might be obnoxious, but in Smash it works. Yeah. Uh, so, but he's he is just really an awesome character and I think it it just says a lot about Texas and about everything that goes on in football there and high school football and his future um you know and his he feels a pressure and it it comes out a lot more than the rest of the series that he feels a a pressure but a pressure he welcomes that his success will that his family will be dependent on his success um and there becomes a very interesting situation like with him and his mom because for her, it's all about his education, and for him, it's all about football. And as the series goes on, they will clash on that thing. They will bond over that. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool to see how that that you know plays out um, over the next several seasons. Uh, Smash's rival on his own team is none other than fullback Tim Riggins, who I love. Tim Riggins, you guys. I mean, such a soft spot for Tim Riggins. He's a borderline alcoholic high school fullback um, who lives with his brother, Billy. Both of his parents have kind of just abandoned him. I mean, spoiler alert, I don't believe we ever see their mother, but we will in later seasons see their father. Um, And Billy's his older brother. And the thing about Tim Riggins and Billy, which I love, is like Billy's doing the best he can. Like he's now looking over his teenage brother. I mean, he's basically his his guardian, and the two of them are kind of a mess, but they work together, and they love each other, and they want to do well. Um, so that's kind of a fun, I guess it's a fun relationship, and we see how that plays out over several seasons as well. Uh, Tim also happens to be the best friend of the aforementioned quarterback, Jason Street, and when the show opens, Tim's girlfriend is Tyra Collette who her rival in the school is Jason Street's girlfriend. So it's like the drama ensues, but they do it so well. And the way they shoot the show, I don't know if you feel this way, Steph, but I always feel like the way they shoot the show is like you almost feel like a voyeur into these people's lives because it's 
it's certainly not as gritty as the movie, but it's much grittier than let's say like a varsity blues or I, um, you know, other kind of shows like that, that have been on TV. And it feels like you're really watching these people's lives. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like what I, what, that's probably what captured me the most. I mean, you go from this really nice, like giant house, you know, you know, and then you go to a part of the neighborhood that you know is 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 very poor you know it, so and and mm-hmm. they're affecting you know you see all these just different you know they're all on the same team but they're they all have very different lives so it's just interesting it's a it's an interesting um dynamic and I think that that was brought out well because you can really see especially I don't know I want to jump ahead but like the the backup quarterback uh Matthew he um Matthew. where he lives you know, with his grandma is completely different than the Garrity's. <laughs> Very different. And actually, I think we'll get into Matthew next. Uh, I want to say quickly about Tyra. She's a very interesting character and will become much more so over the course of the show. But when we meet her, it feels like someone who's going nowhere fast. And But you also can tell that there's more to her. And if, if she had someone who could help her and take an interest, uh, she would be in a very different space. And so we'll see what happens there. And then you bring up Matt Saracen. So Matt Saracen, when the show opens, is the backup quarterback to our good friend, Jason Street. I don't think he's ever seen playing time ever. Super (laughs) smart guy. (laughs) Um, He lives with his grandma and his grandma is suffering from dementia. And Matt essentially takes care of her. Uh, His mother is not in the picture. At the moment, his father is in Iraq. Uh, he is in the service. And so Matt lives with his grandma and he's basically in charge. So in addition to going to school and taking care of his grandma, he works at the Alamo freeze. And oh my God, I think I might start crying. This show really does this to me, you guys. Like I think about it and I start to cry. I watch it and I start to cry. And when I think about Matt and his grandma, I start to cry. Um, he's but my there's... favorite so far. Or so far, he's my favorite. Definitely. He is. He's an incredible character and, you know, if he existed, an incredible person. And then kind of his sidekick is his best friend, Landry, who really provides right now, at least the best comic relief in the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I don't know. I think I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of nerds. I'm a big fan of the unpopular kids because I was that person, you know, for a long time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, and, and I, I just get that. And I, and I think what a big responsibility to take care of your grandma at such an early, like you said, they're kids and they have to play football Mm -hmm. and they have to go to school and they have the social pressures. I, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, and they have jobs. I mean, and you know, Matt has that job. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. It's just, he's definitely my fave so far in, (laughs) which could change, but right no, but Matt's, no, Matt Saracen is super such. I would say my top, I, th- I guess my top three favorite, and they are interchangeable at various times throughout the show, are Matt, Tim, Coach Taylor, and then Smash's mom. But as the show goes on, and now I'm looking way ahead, there are other characters that get introduced that you sort of, you will completely fall in love with. But that's, we've got kind of miles to go before we sleep on that one. Um, so right now we're, we're in the pilot and that is kind of the backdrop of where we start. I think with this show, what really, what really works well with this show and it's not, you know, it was came out in 2006 and it went 2006, 
to, I want to say 2010 or 2011. And I'll give you guys a little backstory on kind of the various seasons and what happened with the show, but it's not dated and it totally holds up because it's about people and relationships and football is the backdrop. But at the end of the day, it's about the people in this town and the relationships they have. And those to me are the shows that really hold up and really can, will be good forever in classics. <laughs> well, I know you love it. So do you want to talk I about the, the Westerby game? I do. I want to talk about the Westerby, but before we do that, we're going to take a very quick break to hear from our sponsor. And then we are going to do that. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. All right, so the Westerby game. So just really quick, I want to go through, I wanted to say like a couple other things kind of generally about the show and then we'll like get into the Westerby game. It's kind of an interesting show. It was a show that was critically acclaimed in the, at the time it was on and the people that loved it, loved it. And I feel like almost later, it's even become more popular because we have situations like this where I'm like, Steph, you have to watch it or Chris, you have to watch it um, or the, a million people I've told and they get really into it. But it never, it didn't find huge commercial success. And so right. it was- so season one is was a full season, 22 episodes. Season two, I believe, is 16 episodes or 15 episodes um, because there was a writer's strike that year in season two. And then the show ends up moving from NBC to DirecTV. I mean, the fans saved it. It was one of these situations where it was like, save Friday Night Lights, and the fans of it saved it. And it ended up airing on DirecTV, I believe, the last three seasons. Um, it could have been one more season on NBC and two more on DirecTV, I don't remember. And those seasons are 13 episodes. So that's just a little backdrop of that. So we gave you kind of the main players. Uh, the see, we, we see that these people are, you know, super into football. We see what's going to happen. And then towards the end of the first episode of the pilot, we finally are at Friday night. I believe the show begins, I think we go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think throughout the, you know, throw that episode. And then we get to Friday night and we get to the game, Coach Taylor's debut, Jason Street, senior, going to go to college. I think at the time we think he's going to go to Notre Dame. Uh, And Steph, do you want to let everyone know what happens relatively? I don't know if it's that early in the game, but something that happens in the game that changes the course of basically the show and everybody's life. Well, Westerby is definitely giving Dylan or the Panthers, you know, a run for their money on this game. You know, normally, you know, they were projected to just totally blow them out. Um, but, you know, when you're the team to beat, it's the, the impression that I get and, and in football in general, they come at you with everything they have. And that certainly happened this Friday night. Um, they were hanging in there. They but they basically um, got behind. Um, they went back into the locker room. You know, it was kind of interesting. You know, you they weren't communicating. You know, Westerby was running the box. The QB couldn't do his work. So they finally get back on track. And, and this is when Jason Street decides to just take over. You know, he tells the receivers, you know, have faith in your routes. The ball will be there. All those things. 
then uh, I just remember it was a third and five, and he needed to make that, but he was intercepted, and mm-hmm. then the QB has to make the tackle. There was literally nobody there, and you see the hit, and he went he went the wrong way, and he landed the wrong way, and he's down. So that and that's where we we are, and he's down, and he's not getting up, and he's not moving, and. Um, again, you guys, I'm going to cry. <laughs> this, is, this podcast is going to be all laughter and tears. I know. Um, That's how it was. I, will, I was thinking to myself, well, I'm like, if that was my kid out there, it just really pulls at your heart. You know, It does. Know. It pulls at your heart. And they do such a good job in the episode of, even though it's you're still in the pilot, you really, you know these characters by the time that game starts. And so I think they do a good job and you see what's on the line and what's at stake. And so he ends up being taken to the hospital. Um, and I'm not going to give too much away because we, at the end of the pilot, we don't know exactly what's happening with Jason. I will tell you guys this, he's alive. So that's important. <laughs> um, so that's, I, I just, I don't want this to feel like it's like the most depressing show of all time. Um, but he, he is alive, but he gets taken to the hospital. His parents come running on the field, but the entire stadium is shook, of course. And it's the kind of thing where you could have heard a pin drop in the stadium when he goes down. So Jason, as Steph said, he throws interception. He, he goes in for the block and he hits the wrong way. Exactly. As Steph said, so he's taken to the hospital and then we have kind of a, uh, I don't, it's not a split screen, but they go back and forth between the game and what's going on at the hospital. And Matt Saracen, who we spoke about earlier, who, I don't think has ever played a down in his life (laughs) comes in um, and we see they do a really good job. I felt like, and it is very emotional. You're seeing the game, you're seeing them get Jason onto an operating table and you know, the, the urgency and immediacy of what's going on there. And then it's going to the game and, and they do win the game. Matt ends up bringing them back by some miracle and they do win the game. But then, I love if I can expand of on course. that. I loved when the co- when coach was like, you know, he he went out there. He I think he went the wrong way, and then, you know, to hand off the first time, yes. and then he threw a pass into um, his own player, his own guy's helmet, back of the helmet. Yes. <laughs> and and we don't have high hopes for the future of this team at this point. Right, and this is all while you know Jason's having spinal surgery. You know, but it's like mm-hmm. the pressure is on. You know, and he actually has to call him in, and the coach. You know, obviously it's not more important than what's happening to Jason, but you know, in a way, he's trying to. You know, okay, we've still got to go. You know, move on with what we have to do with our with the game. The, the beat's going to go on. And mm-hmm. so, do you know how to read the coverage? And I was sitting there thinking, of course he does. He's a quarterback. And he's like, not really. <laughs> and, I, like, and he's like, you look, you see where the defense is, and then you throw the ball, but to our guys. <laughs> and I just thought that was such a like teachable moment, and it was quick. And he's like, but he's smart. And he's like, okay, you know. And, you know, I, I loved it. And everybody kind of came together. Um, you know, the Riggins is making the blocks, you know, mm-hmm. we smash going in and it, it, it worked. And unbelievably, they even kicked an onside kick, which was recovered by Riggins. 
And then, you know, here we have, you know, little Matt throw, you know, getting into shotgun and he clock runs out and he throws a TD for the win. It was just so amazing. It was exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. And I think you hit upon something that at the same time, Jason's having spinal surgery and it's just kind of a little bit of, um, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, but when you said like the beat goes on, like they still had to finish the game and it's certainly not more important what's going on with the surgery, but they still had to finish the game. And it's a little bit kind of of that human spirit that we're able to keep going, which I think actually considering the time we're living in right now, yeah, I think is, you know, that, that feeling. And, and you and I had talked before this a little bit about um, the ESPN E60 on Alex Smith, which was incredible. And if you guys haven't seen it, please watch it. It's called Project 11. And he and his wife, Alex Smith and Elizabeth Smith are just incredible people. And Alex suffered a horrific injury where he almost lost his leg and he almost lost his life. And he powered through and he kept going and he's at least healthy today. And he says football, he, I don't think he wants his career to be over, but they say at the end how, and this isn't giving anything away. I mean, I think everybody knows at least the basics of the Alex and the story, but that the goal was to be a healthy father and husband. And he has hit that goal. And so it's just an interesting to me, like an interesting kind of look at the human spirit and what we can do and how we can keep moving forward. And even when it feels like despair, you just, you just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and, and football in general, I mean, there's something about bringing, you know, people together, especially in times of tragedy, um, that can really be, you know, that can move you, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I grew up with sports, so it's just a big part of my life. Like, and I've, I've kind of had to, you know, learn how to deal without them right now, but it's kind of like interesting because sports is just, it's just such a big part of my life that, you know, it's just like it, everything gets taken away in a sense and you can hug total strangers, you know, and high five them on the mm-hmm. street because that's not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> At least not for yeah, a while. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the COVID age, but it is something that brings people that don't even know each other together. And that's what I've always loved about sports. And, um, you know, it was just exciting to see. And then, of course, you know, Matt saves the day and it was a beauty throw. He goes deep. I loved it. It was the best feeling. You know, you feel like you're winning alongside them. You do. You do feel like you're winning alongside them. And then when the episode ends, you have pretty much the whole team has gone to the hospital. Um, The coach and his family walk in and he is comforting Jason's parents. And there's a really nice moment where Lila is by herself, Mm -hmm. just somewhere in the hospital, not knowing what to do, crying. And the coach's daughter, Julie, again, I'm going to cry. The coach's daughter, Julie, who probably has never said two words to Lila in her life, just walks over and gives her a hug and, and Lila just breaks down and it goes to kind of what you said about sports, but it's, you know, about life that sometimes it's the people you least expect who, 100%. Are the ones who you know, make you feel them feel better. And, and in the backdrop of all this is coach Taylor giving his post game speech. And we know we don't see him, you know, we just hear the speech while this kind of montage of images is going on. Um, and it's incredible. And I remember watching it for the first time, hysterical. And I'll say that when I watched it at the beginning, 
when I decided to go back and watch the whole thing, I think we were only a couple weeks into quarantine. And I think I was having a tough week for whatever reason. And I thought, I need a good cry. And I turned it on. And as you guys can tell from the fact that I'm crying while we're recording this podcast about a show that first aired in 2006, um, about people that aren't real. So all of those things, if this doesn't make you want to be okay, (laughs) (laughs) I'll be be okay. But there's just something about this show. I don't think there's a single episode where I don't cry, (laughs) Um, but in a good way. And and they just really, you know, they, they really get to you. So I'm so excited that we're doing this now on this podcast stuff and excited to be, to be on this journey with you. Um, <laughs> and it, just, it just was fun. And, you know, with Chris, I would always be like, what episode are you on? And then you know, when Chris got to the finale, I'm still in season four of rewatching it. Um, but I was like, I'm going to watch the finale at the same time of, as you. And I mean, I just cried and cried. And oh. cried. Like, and it good in a good way. Um, I don't think Chris was crying, but that's okay. That's his prerogative. Um, but it was, it just was so good. Um, and so I hope you guys will, if you haven't watched it, I hope this will inspire you to watch it and that you'll be with us every week. We are going to be talking Friday Night Lights. I think we're probably going to do them in episode chunks. We may not go episode by episode. This will, sports will be at the Super Bowl still talking about Friday Night Lights, which is, by the way, not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. But I think, you know, we'll be talking about this um, for a while, and, and maybe we will be episode by episode. We'll see. And I think we're also going to try, and we'd love to hear from you, to weave in some of our of the sports headlines of the week, um, if there are any. And I think there will be some, at least, over the next several weeks. And so I don't know about you, Steph, but I am very excited. Yep. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Um, and there we go. I mean, I kind of, um, yeah, I, you know, I was going to say, do we do what fangirl says about Friday Night Lights for every episode? Who's hot, who's not? Um, and I don't know to think about that, but you know what? Let's do it this week. I'm going to do it for this week and we don't have to, we can always take turns doing it too, because there are only so many people in a single episode. Um, but I just going to, who's hot the whole show and who's not the people who want to cancel it for this, for this week. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, but I do think if fangirl says who's hot is um, we could say, you know, Matt Saracen and coach Taylor yeah. for keeping it together. Um, and so that would be what I would say from there. Uh, but we have, so much that we can talk about every week. So here we go, guys. As Steph so eloquently said a moment ago, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Texas forever. <laughs> Texas forever. Um, I actually tweeted that the other day when Schefter, I think Adam Schefter tweeted that uh, Andy Dalton, oh, someone right. who had a house in Texas. And I, I was like, get what you meant. Now I get it. <laughs> now you understand Texas forever. It's very funny too, because if I ever do tweet that or say that on social, people are like, are you from Texas? I'm like, please watch Friday Night Lights and then we can talk about it. Thank you very much. But Honorary. Texas Honorary. forever. Dylan uh, resident. <laughs> yes, Dylan resident. Um, there, I, uh, I have a clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose t-shirt, guys. I don't want to lie to you about that. And I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody by telling you that at this moment in time. Um, Steph, thank you for doing this. I think this is super fun. Yeah, I haven't stopped smiling the whole time. So I hope that you watch along with us and, and watch along with me because I'm I'm the newbie here. So uh, 
yeah, comment, tell us what you think and tell us what to talk about. <laughs> yeah, tell us to talk about. Tell us who are your favorite characters, who are the people that you want to see, who that you want to see us, you know, talk about, delve into deeper and and dissect. This is this is going to be fun. So, um, please join us on this every week and We'll talk next week. We'll be episode two and maybe even a little bit beyond that. And with that, my friends, Texas forever. (laughs) Texas forever. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.